good time. I'll make it really fast. Uh, for reasons that I will discuss later in the year, my time is uh, growing short. I don't, <laughs> um, in that, I just don't have infinity time to edit a uh, podcast every week. Um, all good news. Absolutely good news. We'll talk about it in the summer. Uh, Mega Mom, you're, I think you're having dinner with my wife next week. She'll tell you. Um, I think. I think that's what's happening. I don't really know. But um, I – so what we're doing is we're refocusing the content so that uh, I am uh, – we're going to focus it on the live show, which is where our biggest uh, – you know, our biggest and most like – uh, you know, dedicated fan bases. It's where we have the most fun. And also it saves me like two to two and a half hours a freaking week editing, editing a podcast. You know what? I'm sure if you wanted to drive up and eat dinner with a bunch of strangers, I'm sure they'd be fine. Mega Mom would sponsor. I'm sure. Show. And the general. I'm sure. Obviously. And Linda, obviously. So I think you'd fit right in because you know half of them. That's true, I would. Um, so anyway, so that's that's the big change. We're going to be focusing on the live show and the audio podcast. That feed is still going to be there, but it's basically just going to be an export of the audio from our live show uh, with intro and outro music. And I'm not going to be editing it out because I just I want my two and a half hours of my life back every week. That is uh, that's that. Um. This week is video game week. We're talking about our very favorite things about E3. Mega Mom was there as I live streamed almost 20 hours over the course of five days. It was um, a lot. She was she was there. I know you guys were doing your oh, thing. Yeah. I know because I was in your chat oh, yeah. the whole time. I was in yours um, too. <laughs> but I know. Mega Mom was here. Next time we should just all be in the same. That probably would be the best. Let's let's just do we'll just do that next year. It'll we got time. <laughs> or for PSX, which I think is coming back. Maybe oh, we'll maybe. do that for PSX. Um it'll just save us effort. Um so but don't worry, Bega Mom, it's not gonna be reruns. We're gonna go over our absolute favorite things from E3. Um and you also get to hear Amanda's perspective, which I think is super valuable, obviously. So uh if you do like what you see here then uh, I would encourage you to throw us a follow, maybe even a sub if you have the inclination. If you have Twitch Prime, then you have the ability to do one for free. Um, and uh, otherwise, find us on social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok are the big ones for us. We love those places. And it's just engaged family gaming all over the place. Um, I make four TikToks a day. You do. About. I just got done making a TikTok about the new Space Jam game um, that was announced, like, shadow dropped. Um, and I'm super jealous of all these controllers everybody else got. Um, I'm going to have to have words with the – have friendly words with that PR company and let them know I exist because I think that's the big issue. Otherwise, I might have gotten – Agreed. Um, and I'm sure you'll help me with you that. You know I that's will. That's my passive-aggressive way of saying, please, oh, please introduce me so I can get uh, them to send me a uh, Space Jam controller. Anyway. We we wasted. We, I had to redo the whole intro as opposed to our normal banter and or parenting stories. It's okay. Um. So let's get let's just get to the business of this and go around the let's horn. Let's do it. I have two games. You have mm -hmm. one. You have a ton to talk about for next week because you played a million demos mm -hmm. because of the Xbox demo and Steam Next um, Fest and Steam Next Fest. So you played just 
just tons of little bites of oh, games. Yeah. Um, I cannot wait to hear about some of those. Um, I want to talk about Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance. Oh my gosh, I want to hear everything because I'm going to play the okay. crap out of that game when I get home okay. from vacation. Yes. <laughs> yes, Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance is uh, a, you know, it is getting destroyed on the internet right now. Twitter is not being kind to this game. Um, there are some bugs. There's no way around it. There's some controller hitchiness. Um, you know, like you lock on and then you switch who you're locked onto using the same joystick that you use to move the camera. Oh, so you can move the camera and like accidentally switch targets. Um, so that's annoying. But, but when you get past some of that stuff, I, I, the one piece of, yeah, and I agree with Mega Mom. She said Twitter is really good at being unkind to things and people. Yes. Um, um, the one complaint that I hear a lot and I want to address it completely is that they refer to it as kind of bland and generic. And I just want to say it's bland and generic because everything is based on Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, exactly. That's why it's bland and generic. These are the. Does everything Drish taste Duarden. like chicken? Or does chicken, in fact, taste like everything? I don't really know. I don't have a sense of smell, so my taste, sense of taste is all messed up. It was a Matrix um, reference, so, but yes, it's like... I know. I know. I was just being silly. Um, it's like, Drista Warden is like an archetypal character. Exactly. Like the, the, the... So, like, so much so that... So, I, I saw a lot of those complaints, and I said, you know what? I'm not going to respond to any of these people because if you don't like a game, you don't like a game. I'm not here to make you. But I'm gonna, I was like, I'm going to talk on my own content and say it's generic because it's Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, I ain't got nothing to tell you. It's a dwarf warrior and a barbarian, a human barbarian. Like, these are just normal. Like, I don't know what y'all expect. Um, so the uh, the one thing that is worth mentioning is it is rated M. And the and normally we step away from rated M games. But here's what's really interesting about this game. Um, whereas Final Fantasy VII is rated, Final Fantasy VII Remake is T, and I'm like, nah, because of a number of reasons. Yep. Um, this game's rated M, and I'm like, this is like a soft M. That's the weirdest thing I've ever it's said. Like, I legitimately would have, so far, and we're a bunch of missions and a bunch of hours in, um, many goblins have been slain um, in my living room as of the end of yesterday. And I really would not have, like, if you are cool with Black Widow shooting Chitari in the face. And you are also cool with like Spider-Man going into instant kill mode and standing in a pile of whatever those things were. I guess those were also Chitari. Um, if you are cool with all those things, I am struggling to find where you would not be okay with this. Now, I mean, they, you, I mean, you take Benny that could not have lived. That's a 13th warrior reference. Like that's a good reference, but, um, but man, that movie is so good. I need oh, to watch for it. Real. Kids. Um, it's so messed up, but it's so good. Um, it's so weird. Cause Antonio Banderas is definitely not a Muslim man, but like, nope. can't. it's a deeply problematic like, movie in so many ways. And yet still deeply entertaining. Oh, it's so good. Um, anyway, man, it's really quotable too. Um, 
So at least at least I know who my father is. Oh man, that line. I'm not gonna say the rest of it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, not gonna say that family friendly. So um, it's a four player multiplayer game. Um, you can play as Brunor the Dwarf, uh, Wolfgar the Barbarian, Driss Duarden, who's <laughs> so overpowered. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, and then an archer who is uh, an uh, elven archer who is the adopted daughter of Brunor. I don't know that Icewind Dale trilogy ca- cast of characters. I don't, I've never read the Icewind Dale books, believe it or not. Uh-huh. Um um, I have the uh, Drist trilogy, like the big like book with it's like his first like four novels, and I got to the very beginning of it, and I have one very specific trigger in fiction that once we get there, I kind of have to stop, and that is when kids get hurt. Yeah, I mean that's and fair. When a dark elf, when a dark elf clan has to eliminate another dark elf clan, like I understand things got to happen, but like they didn't have to tell me. Um, and so like I got to that page it was like page 20 and I was like man guys you had to do the thing Um, so uh, I just have not gotten so far into the Icewind Dale trilogy that's fair Um, so I don't know who these characters are but basically it's there's a tank and then there's a barbarian and then there's a ranged archer and then there's Drist who does whatever the hell he wants and you have skill tree and he is so overpowered. My son and I played the dwarf and the archer, which are like this awesome combo. Oh, I'm tanking. He's like off on the side shooting arrows. We're doing all sorts of cool stuff. And then afterwards, he was like, I'm going to try as this is Drist. What's up? And then he just like cleaned just the wrecked levels. everything. <laughs> I mean, whatever. It's Drist Duarden. Of course, he, he is like the you want to talk about a Mary Sue, everybody. <laughs> yeah, he's it. He's it. He can just do whatever he wants. And you know what? It's cool because, like, he's got those two cool swords. He can summon, like, a laser cat. It's not like we're mad about it. It just is a fact. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love every minute. I don't care. It's a multiplayer. It's And you can play up to four-player multiplayer where everybody can be these people. I, I need to do this. You and Mike have to play with me and Evan. Um, And we'll just clean this game's clock. Um, I absolutely love it. The... Uh, um, you know, it's people are t- tearing it apart on the internet, and I'm f- fine. Don't like it if you want. It definitely needs some work, right? Like, there's some graphical hitches. Sure. There's some slowdowns. It's a double A game. Like, I mean, it's not yeah. a triple A quality game. It's not even a triple I quality game for that matter. Yeah, it's fine. This is there. There it's needs Dungeons to and be Dragons Dark Alliance. Exactly. There needs to be room for these kinds of games to just sit in the middle. Solid seven games, solid seven and a half games. We can like those games too. They don't yeah. have to be perfect. Uh, I yes, and that's exa- that's exactly where I am. Um, this is one of those, and I love uh, it's Game Informer actually that has like their when they look at their recommendations. I listen to them talk about like when they're talking about like sixes and sevens and like even five and a half. So, like when they're like in that range, they're like, look. There's something here. And if you grab onto that something that's there, it could be your game of the year. And who cares? And I'm going to be honest with you. I have not had more fun on my Xbox yet. Ooh, love that for you. Um, And Evan and I, like when we're done with this, he and I are going to play another done another act. That's the other thing I like is that the acts are not super long. They don't overstay their welcome. The boss battles are cool. They make you work. Um, And I really like it. 
the checkpoints, you get to make a choice, kind of like in Shovel Knight. Oh. Where you can either take a short rest and it gives you all your potions back and it gives you a checkpoint. Or you can boost the quality of all of your loot drops and skip. They D&D it. Got it. And guess what Evan and I did the whole time? We're like, no, let's just push it. Let's just push it. And then you go. And we regretted it once. I bet you did. um, But it was such a good feeling. And that's it. This is one of those games that, like, if you like it, you like it in spite of its flaws. So that's Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance. It's on Xbox Game Pass and on Xbox Game Pass for PC. So um, so if you have those things, it's zero dollars. Um, and it's not super expensive for the other platforms. Um, I think it's at least worth a YouTube. Give it a look. See if it's kind of your thing. There is no local co-op. It's worth mentioning. This is all you got. The reason Evan and I were able to play is he was here on my PC and I was on the TV. So there's no local co-op. And there's really no way to do that because of the way the UI is. It would just be weird. It's not like Diablo. Um, But this is one of those like Diablo. I was about to mention Diablo because I played Diablo 3 with my soon-to-be 13-year-old because the worst thing about Diablo is that it's got some blood and it's a little gory, but it's also small enough where you can't really see it and they're also monsters. So it's not like playing a first-person shooter game where you're, you know, gunning down enemy combatants in first person. It's a third-person isometric action game. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is a third person. Act- this is a third person game. It, it used very, to be an isometric the, the, action game. Yeah, absolutely. They did this. You know what? This is it feels like, um, you know, it feels like a Dynasty Warriors thing almost in some cases. Maybe not a little bit, not as arcadey, but like the perspective is you're just running around. You're just sprinting, wrecking dudes. Um, and frankly, I got to be a dwarf with a battle axe and a shield. So like, oh, yeah, the shield is the it's the real selling point for you. I know you um, love your shields. And you, um, and you get to shield bash people and stuff. Oh, man, listen, listen, it's great. Um, so that's Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance. This is one of those games. I mean, right now, and this is not I, it is my game of the year so far right now. They can give it a six on the Internet. I don't really care um, for me. And I said it on Twitter. I was like, I don't care who knows. Um this is this is my game of the year. I absolutely love it. I have not had more fun on my Xbox this year. And that's not an insult to the other games. This game is just awesome. So you have been playing a bunch of games that you can't talk about, which so is so many games that I can't talk about. But but Finji sent you that chicory game. Oh yeah, they sure did. Um and I, which I am jealous of. Admittedly, I'm jealous I didn't ask because I knew you were going to have it covered for us. Um tell me How'd you like chicory? Well, first off, tell me, what the heck is chicory? Sure, sure. So I want to preface this with I really didn't like chicory's demo because I didn't like the onboarding for the demo. I found it to be really clunky and frustrating, and I got really annoyed with it. And I also didn't quite understand it. I didn't understand the aesthetic of it. I wasn't, I was just like, but I want to color within the lines. This This is not a game for coloring in the lines. So... It is not. The premise of Chicory is that you play a little animal who is the assistant to the wielder of the great paintbrush, whose name is Chicory. Chicory is missing. So you're the person that essentially cleans up the place, makes Chicory her meals, you know, basically takes care of her so she can take care of the world. But then she's gone. 
So you have a choice to make. Do you go after her without the paintbrush or do you take it with you? So I took the paintbrush with me and we went into the great wide world and we're like, okay, we have to go find chicory. We don't know where she is. Maybe she's in the woods somewhere. And along the way, you learn what the great paintbrush or the magic paintbrush does. It helps define spaces, essentially. And it is not even a little bit supposed to be used to color within the lines. It is very watercolor. And if anybody okay. anybody who has worked with watercolors knows, painting within the lines with watercolors is almost a futile thing. It is, Yo, it's, it's almost impossible. You have to just be really, really, really comfortable with being messy and making mistakes. And I didn't know that when I went into it, when I played the demo. So it was really confusing for me. So Chicory ends up being a combination of a point and click adventure game and a okay. puzzle game where you utilize the paintbrush to to manipulate your environment. So you color in some parts of the of the map or of the, the piece of the map that you're currently on. So you can do things like walk over trees or you erase the paint and the trees go down or the bushes go down or whatever in, in whatever way, shape or form you, you want it to be. And a lot of the game is about experimenting and figuring out like, what does this paintbrush actually do? You can color everything. And there are a number of different colors that you pick up. And the more people you talk to out in the world, you get more paintbrushes. Some sections in the map, you have specific colors. Other portions, you have others. They don't make it complicated. It's like you got three colors. That's it. Enjoy. Or it might be four. Okay. So that's that's right. essentially it. And I just got to the first boss. It was a boss where I had to poke its eyes out essentially with paint and it was kind of it was cool it was like a, a a beholder of some kind that's what it looked like it was a beholder monster and sure. it's neat like the whole thing is just really really interesting because there's a great darkness that's taking over the world and the wielder of the paintbrush is the light against the darkness so that's my understanding of it anyway I've only played about an hour and a half of Chicory. I really enjoyed what I've played so far because I understand the premise of it a lot better. And I under, I'm more comfortable with making mistakes. So okay. that is, that is the joy of Chicory making mistakes, doing your best and bringing a little light into a very dark world. That sounds great. I also think it's adorable. It is super adorable. Um, and for those interested, so it's spelled C-H-I-C-O-R-Y. It is very cute. It's worth, at, at, at the very least, it is worth a YouTube um, because you want to take a look. This is one of those, um, it's a smaller game. It's a shorter game mm -hmm. from what I have read. Um, so this is one of those, if you're looking for kind of a cool adventure, kind of puzzle adventure game, um, you know, with some action elements, it's definitely worth a look. Um, you know, especially while we're waiting towards the end of this year, right? Absolutely. Because um, you know, towards the end of this year, from a fa family-friendly perspective, the end of this year gets kind of dry from what we are seeing. Um, and this is one of those games that I think is going to, uh, could help uh, while away the winter months for us. Unless you're a, for unless you're a Forza fan, at which point you can just race cars. And we'll talk about that later. Back. Um, so that's Chicory. I am... 
like I said, I the, I am jealous that you played it, um, but I shouldn't be because I could have asked for a code and you know Finji would have given it to me. They're great. That's but, true. They would have. Um, I just didn't. But I knew you would have had it covered for us. That I did. So, you know, teamwork makes the dream work. It does, in fact, make the dream work. So um, I want to talk about Tunic. Okay, because like your perspective on Tunic, I think is really interesting. And again, you know me, I like all perspectives when it comes to games. So talk to me about your perspective on Tunic, because I haven't played this most recent demo, but I did play the demo three years ago. Um, Yeah, it's the one that I was most excited about playing. Um, You know, I booted up my Xbox and we put up uh, we put a bunch of games in there. Um, I played I played a little bit of Lawn Mowing Simulator, uh, which was hilarious. I bet. Um, um, but I Tunic was the one, right? Like it was the one, and I was really unhappy. Um, and this is really what it comes down to. Um, it's too hard. Um, now. There are going to be plenty of people who love challenging games and are like, OMG, I want the challenge. I need the stuff. At which point, great. Y'all are probably going to have a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, my issue is that uh, Tunic, like I'm fine with things being challenging, right? Like I recognize that I am hilariously bad at games and that even some games that are not quote unquote hard are still difficult for me. I accept my limitations. However, this game was punch you in the face hard and, and the mascot is an adorable little Fox and there's no reading. So like when I initially sat down with the designer, when I was doing my initial demo for this game, I waited in line. I talked to the PR rep for Finji um, and Harris was, he set me all up. Right. He's like, yeah, this is great. You know, this is what this is all about. It's being made by this one guy. And I sat down and talked to the one guy and he's like, yeah, there's no reading in it. I wanted to make it, you know, I wanted there to be no reading barriers. This is just a, you know, adventure game. And you're going to discover the world as you go. Lots of context clues and light puzzles, etc. And somehow over the, and I played it and I, I cleared through the demo with no problem. It was you know, challenging, but I played sure. through it. And somehow over the ensuing three years, because that's really what it's yeah, been. Yeah, it's been three years. years um, it, they, it changed. And the only thing I can think of is, man, did he play a lot of Bloodborne? Oh. Um, and because it's got that Soulsian, you pick up materials, you get money, you get material, you know, like you get currency. And when you die, you drop it all and you can go find it again. And that is a hundred percent Soulsian DNA. And the monsters are all very fair. They have very big, like they have big, long windups and, you know, everything is very telegraphed. They have a very obvious attack pattern. Okay. But when they get you, they They get you. you. And now this could have been a demo. Um, I mean, it was a demo, but this demo could have been just to show what the later levels might be like. But I mean, at the end of the day, like I picked up a stick and had to go, you know, and wandered into some places that I really shouldn't have been. Um, And that could be the other issue is that, you know, maybe they just let you go to places that you shouldn't. They do. Absolutely. That was one of the things that the designer was really interested in because it's evocative of, you know, the early, the early kinds of 
Nintendo hard games where it's just like you wander into a place and you're like, whoa, I'm not supposed to be in here. And then you just have to explore around until you find where you are supposed to be. That was in the game's DNA. But it doesn't change the frustration. It doesn't. Yeah. And and my issue is when you have a game that is presented like this, Mm -hmm. Tunic and the main character is a super adorable little Little fox fox friend. This looks the sales pitch for this game looks like accessible Zelda like game. It does. It's it's 100 percent what it is telegraphed as. And that's not how I felt. Okay. At all. All right. Um, and that was incredibly disheartening. Now, am I still going to play this game? Probably. Um, am I still going to love this game? Probably. But it was... Um, does it still look beautiful? Absolutely. It, are the controls cool? Yes. And, you know, is it possible that I'll be able to learn to get good? Probably. I mean, the reality is I make jokes about how I'm hilariously bad at games, but the reality is I can play games you can right? absolutely it just takes me a little longer than some i just nope out of games a little quicker um than others but also i'm old and respect my own time but like this was um i was ex- i was expecting to be able to complete a demo got it um without dying two or three dozen times before i could find a sword um and so again it's beautiful. I'm sure it's going to be great. And there, it is definitely going to find an audience. But it did not find me in that audience. And I was very disappointed in that because I have been hungry for this game. Chomping at the bit. How many we times both have, have I talked about it? This is um, – and yeah, I feel like um, – you know, I feel like they're going to I feel like there are definitely going to be kids who get this game or who have their parents buy this game and thinking that it's going to be this accessible romp. And there's going to be some kids that are just going to get beat in the head. And um, I'm a little I'm, I'm frustrated for those kids because then they're going to be like, oh, well, maybe I won't play Zelda or maybe, I, you know, like I can't play action adventure games like this. Yeah, I know um, that of Zelda that's... a few times because that's how Zelda made me feel more than once when I was young is that maybe these maybe I'm just too crappy of a gamer. I just I don't understand these puzzles. And it turns out that the water temple is just the worst. I mean, I ain't gonna blame nobody for nope it out of the water temple. Um, I'm gonna blame nobody for that. That was just that was that that was not you. That was that, that. was obtuse um, design. Yeah, exactly. Um, so so anyway, that's tunic. I, I'm, I'm sorry, bud. You know, I mean, it's still great. I mean, here's the deal: it's still gonna come out. There's gonna be a whole bunch of people that love it, and I I might even be one of them. But right now, I am disappointed in it. Um, so. We're gonna we're gonna once again because we have so much to talk about. Um, and uh, we're gonna skip the word fill in. That's fine. This week because we got tons of E three to stuff stuff to do. I am. You just pointed out to me in our chat that I look like your your white your white balance went a little bit askew on that one, and I just I I I keep waiting for it to this change so back, weird. but it's just weird. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. Here's what I'm gonna try. Let's, um, I'm gonna go to my webcam settings. Don't mind me, everybody. It's all good. This is real weird. This is what happens. It's I not a stream a without technical difficulties. Yep, tech support theater, baby. Technical support um, theater. Yeah. Um, I am going to my webcam settings, and we're gonna try. 
and figure out what the hell is going on. Don't mind me, y'all. I vanished. Um, now I'm Will. Oh, eensy weensy. I'm just a little orange now. I'm a, um, I am a, uh, one of them like little tiny oranges as opposed to like a maple orange. You're a clementine. I'm a clementine. I'm a clementine as opposed to a maple Proud of you. Um, this is so Right? Weird. Isn't it the weirdest oh. thing? I kept waiting for it to change back because it changed to like this orange mode and I'm like, it's going to change back though, right? But it hasn't. I mean, one would hope. Um, is it my... Whoa, my color tint? Um, yeah, you know what happened? Oh, okay. That looks normal you know, over on the stream now. I can't see you, but it looks normal on the stream. Um, so I have uh, two Elgato Keylight Airs chilling right here, right? One here, one here. I'm like, this is my Pfeiffer style. Um, and somehow, and so one of the things you can do is control the color temperature from blue to orange. Normally, I have it like right in that, in like you know, a little bit towards the blue. Yeah. Um, and uh, it somehow defaulted all the way to like as hot as it could possibly be. Yeah. And it made me orange is all get out. Um, I think we're good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna minimize this. That was nightmare mode. I look a little bit better. You look a lot better. Whew, I looked sick. I'm not going to lie. I was very worried for myself. I was worried for you. You turned into a clementine. That wasn't okay. <laughs> and then I turned into a clementine. And then I was like, you know, I was just, you know what I was? I was just a variant of myself. Just somewhere in the multiverse. I am super teeny tiny. Super teeny um, tiny clementine of Steve. Okay. So what are we doing first, So we're Steve? skipping... So we're skipping the word filling we puzzle. We're going to go right to our absolute freaking favorite thing from E3. And we're going to start with literally the entire Wholesome Direct. It was an hour long of you and me just squealing. Uh, yes, I screeched a lot. And I do mean a lot. Everything was cute. Everything was cute. Everything looked, I mean, not everything looked fun, but everything was cute. Everything was wholesome. It was like literally the event of the year for EFG. Um, because it was just a bunch of games that are at least worth talking about. Um, so let's just go through. I know Mega Mom specifically has listened to me. On, I talked about a bunch of stuff from the Wholesome Direct on the EFG show. She watched it live. Um, but you and I have put together a list of games that, believe it or not, I have not spoken about on EFG content previously. Act. That's how in sync we are. Amanda, yeah. get, get us started with one of your games. Okay, so the one that I am the most excited about is a game that I've actually talked about a whole bunch on social, and it's called Venba. Venba is a mom game. It is not it is, it is not just a mom game. It is a Canadian mom game, and it is not just a Canadian mom game. It is a Canadian immigrant mom game because this is a story of family and food. And Venba is a story about um, an Indian family that comes to Canada yeah. and settles in Toronto, I believe. And a lot of what Venba is about is from the mom's perspective. 
and she's preparing dinners and food for her, for her husband, for her children and getting to know the world that she lives in now, the culture that she lives in now and how her culture fits into it. And I am beyond excited about this game because anybody that knows me knows number one, that I love and miss my country very much Two. This is true. I am all about mom games. Three, I'm all about immigrant mom games. And four, I love these are all three. I love food. These are these are all really important pieces of my life. I'm an immigrant now, you know, maybe I didn't I certainly didn't travel as far because I'm Canadian, but these are all things that are really special to me. And food is a way that I communicate my love to my family as it is anyway. And I learned that from my mother who learned it from hers. So this is Venba's just going to, I'm, I'm so excited about it because it looks like it's going to be the kind of game that's going to be very special to me. Um, also, I, don't know, I am hype about this also, not for those reasons, because I don't have any, I, I don't connect with it in any of those ways. However, I, there's a special place in my heart for games that make me hungry. Mm. Um, very few games have succeeded in doing that. Final Fantasy 15. Oh. Game that ever legit made me want food. Like I, I went out and bought spam because of Final Fantasy 15. No joke. Um, and this game is going to make me want to go eat Indian because it's everything is looks. Delicious. It does. It's colorful Which is really and beautiful. Surprising it's in a weird card. Exactly. It's like in a really like artistic, like a cartoonish art it. style, right? Um, so you would think, oh, well, this isn't going to like trigger you like in a hungry way, right? Like it's not going to make you hungry. No, it, it absolutely did. I was like, I bet you that that has some fire to it. Mm. And I am a big fan of that. I can't quite like go to the crazy stuff. Like I can't tell them to do whatever they want at the Indian restaurants because I would die. But I can get pretty close. You can get um, you can get white people stuff. spicy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, otherwise, I, I get mild my because my stomach yeah. can't handle anything other than mild. But I did oh, grow yeah. up, you know, one of my best friends growing up, um, her parents were from India. So I yeah. grew up eating a lot of those foods. And, you know, I even though even though her mom used to prepare them special for me because she was so sweet. She's like, you didn't grow up with these peppers. You didn't grow up with these curries, you know, but I want you to be included for family dinner. So I made this a little bit different for you. You know, it's a little more yogurt, a little less, you know, uh, garam masala or whatever. So yeah, this, this game is, is genuinely just, it hits all of those, right. All the right emotional points for me and all of the right food Mm -hmm. points for Steve. Yeah, pretty much. Which, if you think about it, that makes it a pretty good game for the two. It's true. Because um, food food is probably important to, as important to me as mom stuff is to you. Um, so uh, I want to talk about Luna's Fishing Ground. I want you to talk about this game, too. I'm very excited so about fish- it. Like, listen, fishing games were on point this year during... Fishing and food. Uh, fishing and food. Fishing it's and everywhere. Food. And, and photography. Those are the biggies. Yep, it, which is so crazy, um, and I'm sure we'll have stuff to talk about about that for some lists or whatever during the sprint weekend. So basically, Luna's Fishing Garden it's a it's a fishing building game. Here's what you do: it's a fishing role playing game uh, with its own relatively simple mechanics. 
right? Like this is not Bass Fisherman 9000, right? Like you go out, you're a little anime girl, you go out on a lake and you go fishing and then you build resources and then you build a garden. And that's it. It's short. It's not crazy long. This is not meant to like take over your life like Animal Crossing. This is, you're just making a little fit. You're get, catching some fish. There's a bunch of different fish to get and you're building a little fishing garden and it is out now. Oh my gosh. It's out it's right now? June 16th. Yeah, it was out June 16th of 2021. And guess what, guys? It's on Steam right now for the amazing price of $7.99 on Steam. And it looks like it would play on a potato. <laughs> That's like Because this is because it's a pixel art game. Yeah. Um, And I specifically love that every time she catches a fish, she sits in her boat and just goes... Yay! And that's just very the cutest thing I've ever seen. I love um, this. For the record, that's the first and only time I will shake my head like an anime, like an eight, like an eight-bit animated anime girl on this podcast. Um, I, however, will do it all the time. Yeah, you can. It, it's it's different when you do it. Like it hits different when I do. Okay, it, that's fair. I'm a forty-year-old man with a beard. It's just very different. Um, and so I am it's not. Eight bucks. Exactly. So it's eight. It's eight bucks. Steam reviews are overwhelmingly positive. Um, and it looks, I mean, it, it looks absolutely adorable. I'm going to be grabbing this. It's $8. So I'm picking this up tomorrow. Um, and uh, if you want the soundtrack, it'll only be an extra two bucks. So if you play it and you like the soundtrack, throw them an extra couple dollar Renos and uh, you get the soundtrack. Um, it looks cute. This looks like something we would have played on the PlayStation 1 early PlayStation 1, late Super Nintendo, that, like, kind of I like that. Era. I like that. And I love that era of kind of games. Um, and it, and the thing that I like about it is that this is this is a game you could definitely play. Play, play eight bucks, play it for an afternoon and put it away and never play it again, but still have a really good time with it. That is the kind of game I am really looking forward to because it doesn't make me feel bad that I'm not playing. Yeah. Um, Amanda. Yeah. What do you got next from the Wholesome Direct? From the Wholesome Direct, the next game that I want to talk to you all about is called Lakeburg Legacies. So You got me so hype. I got so unbelievably hype about this. I dropped everything while we were watching it over on... Uh, over on V3, which is what we were calling Virtual Economy's E3 coverage. This is a social-based village management sim. But hold on, wait, there's more. It's actually Crusader Kings, but make it cute. Yeah, uh, it's... You can have babies. Um, You can matchmake. You can build an entire legacy, much like you do in Crusader Kings, but it is solely built on the social aspects of it. And it's not to say that there won't be, you know, those moments of intrigue or, you know, potentially like, oh, we're going to have to throw you in prison or we're going to have to exile you or something like that. But it's not centered around war. Whereas Crusader Kings does have that very hefty war element to it that you always have to be managing. So this takes everything that I love about Crusader Kings and it makes it dials up the cute factor and it dials down the war factor, which means that I can make I can just make the social decisions, which is what I'm most interested in anyway. Yep. So I the the color palette. It's perfect. It's utterly perfect this game is all again it's another game about family right 
Yep. It's a it's another yes. mom story potentially. And I am loving the influx of mom and grandma stories, quite frankly, um, coming through the pipeline for these indie games, these wholesome, nonviolent indie games. Yeah, absolutely. So this one's slated for release in 2022. So we got a little bit of time. Oh, yeah. But I like lost my mind. I was so unbelievably hyped. I was so upset because I couldn't find the Steam page to begin with. And I was just like, I just got to sit here. I just got to keep looking. I keep looking. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? I don't want to miss it. I don't want to forget it. I just need it. So I got really excited. Bye, Mega Mom. Have fun putting the little dude to bed. Hopefully he cooperates. Good luck. As some kids don't. Um, as I so, all right. I am going to talk about yokai. Oh yeah, that's another good one. I think that one's on my wish list uh, too. Yeah. So, <coughs> excuse me. Um, that is yeah. I, I I am certain that this one found its way onto your wish list. Uh, this is another like management sim. You're making an it. You know, you're running it, but there's like you know, you're trying to make yokai like spirits happy and stuff. Like that, that's really it. You're, it's very simple, but it's a management sim. You're exploring, you're doing cool stuff. I, uh, it looks great. I love the, this is another one that I love the color palette for because it's very brown, mm-hmm. which sound, but I don't mean that in a bad no. way. It is, you know, it's very kind of muted, autumnal. Um, I really dig it. I love like the, the, the animals and stuff because I mean, you're talking to, anthropomorphic critters and also just talking to wildlife there's a gotcha game in there where they've got castle machines in japanese and um yeah i i absolutely can't i i can't wait for this one so it's coming out sometime uh next year i believe next year is going to be lit for indies yeah yeah and i have so many wholesome indies to play i am beyond excited Yes, yes, and it is uh, scheduled for next year. Um, I I am super excited for Yokai In. It's one of those, you know, like I, I am. I, I, it's another one that's going to be relatively short. I know it's going to respect our time, and a lot of these games are like that. And I can't wait to give it a go. Um, how about let's do one more from the uh, wholesome direct, and then we'll move on to some of the bigger. Okay, sounds good. So I want to talk about Ollie Ollie World, which yeah, sounds completely ridiculous. Just thinking about the name, but if you really look at it, this is a game about skateboarding. It's not just a game about skateboarding either. It's a skateboarding action platformer. So you're actually, you're doing a bunch of cool tricks. You're wall riding, you're running around on your skateboard, you're exploring things, but this is a platforming game at its heart. And you are, the, the, the aim of the game is that you are discovering the mystical skate gods on your quest <laughs> for Nirvana. Sure. Because that's what you do. So it's it's really it's gorgeous. It really reminds me of um oh shoot, what was uh Ooblets. It's got an art style that's very similar to Ooblets and not in a bad way. This is being published by Private Division, so Take 2 obviously thought that this was a game that was going to be worth taking a chance on. And what I'm most excited about with this game is that it's not just a single player story either. It's you, you get to like take your friends on head to head and see who's like 
king of the hill, like king of the skateboarding in Ollie Ollie world. So there's gonna there's a lot to love about this. And I think this is the kind of game where they could turn it successfully into a smaller service game with a decent content roadmap, which means that you could be playing this for a long time. It looks so it looks cool. real I good. To, to, I can't wait. I mean, I enjoyed the first one a little bit, um, but it just kind of felt, you know, kind of aimless for me. Like I, it felt yeah, flat for me. This one, this one feels a little like you know, I like that exploration element. So I am, I'm in, I'm in for that. I mean, it's skateboarding games are traditionally not my thing, but this is a big but. The new implementations—I don't know. I'm just—I I think I have grown into them. That sounds weird. No, no, it doesn't um, sound weird at all. There are plenty of genres that I have. Bird. Yeah, skateboard's another really good one. And there have yes. been like, there's going to be Skate Four that's coming out, and Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two got a remaster. So I mean, skateboarding games are having a moment. Um. Yeah, I can't. Um. Yeah, they're they're coming back with a vengeance, and I, I don't know. I think uh, Skatebird's probably going to carry him through it in Ali Ali too. I, I'm super excited about Skatebird. Just Tony Hawk with a little cute bird. With, it's a game bad. about trying your I best. It's a game about trying your best. So, um, all right, we got to we got to talk about the Xbox show specifically. We got to talk about two things: uh, Forza and Halo. Oh my gosh! So first, um. Halo, a hundred percent, go burr. Halo, go burr. The biggest Man. amount of burr. Almost nothing about the single player, and uh, and that's okay. I don't, care. I don't want. I want no details. Mm, don't tell me anything. I know they are working hard at it. Um, take all the time in the world. Delay it another year if you have to. Just give me the multiplayer. Yeah. Um, like. I will adventure as Master Chief on that weird ring and go upside down and go open world with a grappling hook and do and shoot. Dudes. The traversal is Fine. unbelievable Fine. in Infinite. I will, I will exactly. I will wait for the single player. Do what you got. Do what y'all got to do. Um, I did not expect. I, I watched the multiplayer thing and I was like, I'm just going to watch this so that I can understand what Amanda's going to freak out about. That's what I said to myself going into it. I was like, Amanda's going to blow up. It's I true. need to at least be able to say, Amanda, I watched what you were excited about. I was, I did it for you. I appreciate you. I wanted to be able to be with. But then and you I got, hype, you going. got on the hype train. Choo choo. And then I got out of it and went, Am I, am, am I going to play Halo? You won't play Halo. Like, am I going to play Halo? Am I going to play, like, do I want to be a samurai? I think I want to be a samurai. And so they showed us a lot of stuff. My favorite part about that Halo multiplayer, outside of the fact that it looks immaculate, I love the maps, I love the weapons, the freaking hammer. The traversal! Amazing. The traversal was great. The thing I really liked about it is their unique take on battle passes. Thank the you. The idea that they're yes. just going to release battle passes. And the fact that they're not playing with the scarcity economy, where it's like you miss it and you lose Infinite it. Infinite battle pass for Halo Infinite. Yeah. It's gorgeous. And, and my wife was like, but Steve, like, doesn't that, like, aren't they losing out on stuff? Like, and I'm like, no, in fact, they're going to get more it's even better because if I come into the game or let's say a kid turns 13 or 12 and it's three years after the game launches, um, he, he doesn't have just one battle pass to buy at a time. You can buy one, finish it in a couple of weeks. Cause maybe he's hecka engaged and then move back 
and buy the whichever ones in the past you wanted. It means that you can always be working on the thing you want, not the thing that is just being spoon-fed. Absolutely. Um, because right now, I'll be honest with you, I could give n- no cares about Rick and Morty and Superman. None. But if you tell me that I could have gone back in time and worked on you know, whatever, you know, the summer theme from a couple of years ago, I would have done it in a heartbeat. Um, and so I think that take is so cool. I can't wait to see what they do with it. Um, the free one that you can look like a samurai already looks awesome. It does. Like, I am going to get that suit. Even if I get that suit and then stop, I'm still, I gotta get, I know you suit. do. Um, and so that's halo, halo, halo multiplayer. So very went burr. Oh, and it's free. Oh, and it's free. Oh, yeah. The multiplayer like, is free. And Halo Infinite free. and all first party Xbox games, this is including all of Bethesda's games, are available on Xbox Game Pass. Yeah, absolutely. I And I would assume also that there are probably going to be some Game Pass perks for Halo Infinite as well. So this is one of those, like, it's free, but, like, come on, man. There's going to be some cool perks and skins that they throw out every once in a while. I'm sure. Some currency. And then... You know, so I am excited to see where that goes, um, and I'm excited to play it. Maybe some streams, maybe some, who knows, maybe some TikTok videos because I figured out how to do those. I am maybe so I'll proud of a, you for figuring out TikTok. Halo, maybe it'll be a Halo TikTok. Stream. Can I do Halo one minute at a time? It's maybe. like Fast and the Furious. I live my Halo life. <gasps> I love um, this for you. So that's Halo. That's Halo. Hey Nicole. Oh, speaking of speaking of Halo. Uh, Nicole Tanner uh, uh, is closely related to uh, someone who works on that game. So, uh, Nicole, tell your husband that as far as I'm concerned, he can take as much time as he needs. Because uh, we'll we'll be we'll we'll do with the multiplayer, which I know he's not stressing over. Um, and uh, we, I am if that's all they give me this year, I'm fine. I don't need to. I, I'm not. I don't even need the story mode this year. I'm gonna shoot dudes in power armor because it's rated T for teen. Um, and I want to look like a samurai. Maybe even a pink samurai. I would love this for you. I just Can want I be purple. Like a Hello Kitty samurai. A purple samurai. Purple samurai is purple anything. Purple is, everything. Is That's fine. But like, I could rock a pink samurai. I like this for you. Um, I think this is wonderful. We're going to play a lot of Halo over the Christmas yeah. vacation, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. And possibly stream yeah. some of it. Yeah, probably. Me too. So, um, so all right. So we and by we, I mean Halo. you and I, me. Curly. And yes, the two of us. Oh, I know. I knew what you were talking about. We are definitely going to play a lot. Um, I am. All right. So that's Halo. Let's talk about Forza. Oh, my God. Five in Mexico, which was. I mean, first off, let me talk about my oldest is like, Dad, I think I'm going to be a Forza five streamer um, because I want to play Forza five. First off, he's like, can I play it? I'm like, of course you can. It's, it's on Game tea. Pass. Um, and so then he's like, well, and then homie was like, well, can I get a wheel? And I was like, I mean, I guess. And he's like, can I get uh, like pedals? And yeah. I was like. That was me in so high school. He started looking. He's trying to get a summer job so that he can buy himself. We, I don't I don't think we're going to make him pay for him himself. Uh, I just. I just like the idea. Um, the uh, I'm trying to figure out how we would get. I think we would have to put the camera, like the special camera, like here, so we can get the the separate view of him on the steering wheel. You think that would work? I think that would be um, super cool. 
That would be rad. We're just like him. Just He's like, I'll learn how to drive, Dad. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is not how you're going to learn how to drive in Forza Horizon. Uh, but yes, the pinata races. Right. Nicole Tanner in the chat talking about. I love the super game modes. It looks gorgeous. I, it's I unbelievably I beautiful. Unbelievably beautiful. There are only two things that I went back to watch the 4K, like when they uploaded the crazy thing. And I went back and watched like the 4K thing on my TV. I watched the Forza thing. um, And I watched the Starfield thing. Because I thought, I just wanted to see, that was a movie, so I figured I might as well see it. Um, My God, Forza is bananas good. Oh my goodness. And this was an unexpected one for me this year. And I recognized that that was probably... I was a little off my rocker about that because I mean it's been what three years since it came out. I believe it came out in, in two at least twenty eighteen. It's two at least. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it came out in twenty eighteen because I went longer yeah, playing that so. game. Um, it was announced at the first E three I went to, and that was no the second. I can't remember. It's, it's it, old game is old. It's time for a new Forza. And I didn't even consider that it was time for a new Forza. So I'm sitting there on our stream and I'm like pulling at my hair because I'm like, holy smokes, are you kidding me? Forza? Yes! And Forza in, uh, and I think the location choice was so oh, great. Oh, it's perfect. Mexico's Mexico gorgeous. Has, yeah. Um, I got to adjust my lights again because now I'm looking a little. You're looking a little ghosty. You're little looking little like little. I do on a regular day. Um, true. Um, and but see, it looks good on you. It makes me look sick because um, I put blush on. Yeah, well, I mean, it, that would hit different with me. Um, so normalized blush on men. I'm just saying. Not for me. It's not for me. It would look weird in my beard. Okay, that's fair. That's, um, fair. that's fair. Um, as someone who has worn my share of makeup on my face while LARPing, it looks very weird on my face. Um, so, Forza, um, Forza, Forza, Forza is gorgeous. Forza. Mm, absolutely. Um, so, uh, so that's that's the the Xbox stuff. That's, Super hype about both. That's of those. the stuff we can talk about for this show. There was lots of good stuff for grownups, but not a whole lot for kids. I mean, but those two things. Oh, are those are good great. things. Like they're they were big. It's not like they were. It's not like they put out like, oh well, here's a new like Lucky's Tale. Like fine, you know, it's not like they did something like that. Like, wah, wah. No, it's like no, <laughs> guys, listen for T and under. How about Halo and Forza, and then we'll just shrug our shoulders, drop the mic, and walk away. That's um, what happened. next, I want to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy. Ooh, we gotta talk. About that's it. good. Yes, let's absolutely um, do that. Okay, so Guardians of the Galaxy, this has been rumored for a long time, but we didn't get all the details. It was like rumored as like so many different games. Um, I really want somebody to do some investigative journalism about the parallel development of Guardians of the Galaxy and Avengers. That would be very interesting. I want to know at what point did they decide to make one a multiplayer game? And one, the single player with your friends, with your AI partners around you. Right. Because... I don't know that because I can't imagine the world where they started Guardians of the Galaxy and it wasn't a multiplayer game where it was a squad based like Left 4 Dead where you played as all the Guardians like that has to have been at some point in development. They were like, no, we should do this. 
Um, but it's not. It's a single-player action RPG where you play a Star-Lord. Downside, you play a Star-Lord, who's the most boring Guardians of the Galaxy. But upside, he's also the most relatable um, because he's not an alien. I guess. He's a dude. Um, okay. He's the most relatable it's like to half me, a deity, I not... though. Yeah, you know, um, yes, but not in a, but only in a, he can accidentally can survive really crazy stuff. Okay, that's fair. Like, no, you, like, may, you make a good point. Pretty, he's still pretty much an everyman. He's just an everyman who can stumble his way into ridiculous things. Um, and he's also relatable to me as that I am a oafish uh, white dude who gets in trouble sometimes because I open my mouth. Um, so, you know, Star-Lord is kind of my guy. So it is single-player game. You still got your homies with you, and you can give them commands. It gave me... You know what it gave me? It gave me big time... Uh, oh, crap. What's the game? Oh, no. I had it. Um... Oh no, I can't believe I lost it. This is, I've been making this comparison in my house forever. Um, is it Ultimate Alliance? Never mind. No, 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 no. It's the, it's like a dark role playing game. It's a fantasy role playing game. And you, uh, and they had, so they had one that was like a turn based role playing game. And they did the second one that everybody hates. And they did the third one. Um, and it's an EA game. Are we talking about Dragon, Dragon Age? It gives me such Dragon Age 2 it vibes. It does give big, big Dragon, Dragon Age, Age 2 vibes. vibes. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay. And by the way, I'm pro Dragon Age 2 because it was the only RPG I've ever played that let me play as a healer. Thank you very much. Um, so uh, it gave me big time Dragon Age vibes because you've got like talking to your companions and you side with one mm -hmm. of them and piss off the other ones. And you have you can call on them to do specific moves. Um, you have like ultimates and stuff. I can't wait to you can see build combinations, action. which looks really cool. Exactly. Yeah, I'm super stoked about this. Um, I think it looks great. I think some people are going to have to get used to the fact that these aren't the MCU characters. They are not. Um, except for like Rocket, who really looks like his um, MCU counterpart, but like whatever. Um, but I am, I'm, I'm good with this. I think this looks. Really I think it looks fun. really cool. I can't wait. I, uh, Comes out this fall. I think it'll be. I think it'll be fun as a single player experience. I'm a little bummed out that I can't play as like Gamora. Yes, I I will accept that. Yeah. That's that's the thing I'm bummed out by because I don't like being pigeonholed into playing a particular character when it's an ensemble cast. If it's just like okay, I have to play sh you know Commander Shepard, then okay, that's who I'm playing as. At least I got to pick my gender. Right. Or I got to that pick my fair. presentation of my gender, if, if nothing else. So yep. what fair. I don't like was being pigeonholed into playing Star-Lord because I don't find Star-Lord all that relatable for me. I guess. So that. while Star-Lord is, you know, a human ish person thing, I mean, he's more human than the rest. He's of more human than the rest of them. He's still not my favorite. I love Drax. You know, well, I don't think he's anybody's favorite. I think that's the weird part is that he's the most boring he out of all. He's the safest. To, is definitely cool. Yeah, but he's the safest to market. Yeah. Also, he has guns 
and <laughs> Jet Boots. I think I think of them. I think he's the one that can have a move set that is easier to be like the yeah exactly because he can melee and range whereas like the other guys are all very specialized whereas he really can kind of do more different stuff. I I agree with you. He's not going to relate. I don't think everybody will relate to him. I think he is of them. He's the everyman, and I guess in this case he might be the POV character from the story. Um, but I agree. You know they're. I mean, listen, Drax is an infinitely cooler character. Than and him. funny. <laughs> um, and funnier. Um, and I would pr- rather play as Rocket Raccoon and just be a little jerk turret. Uh, yes, um, 100%. You know? But personally, but, I am Groot. So. I mean, sure. You can be, you, he is, he is nurturing. And I think he even has a heel. I think I saw a heel. From there Groot. was, there was Groot healing <laughs> um, happening. Groot so, is big mom energy. Uh, yeah, it definitely is. Um, so this is coming to current and next-gen consoles and somehow the Switch. That'll be interesting. Um, so here's the deal around the Switch. It'll actually be a game that is streamed. So that's a cloud-based game that'll be coming to the Switch. Oh, yeah? Much like we saw with, oh my goodness, I think it was a Resident Evil game. Yeah, I think it was Res, Res 7. It was 7, wasn't it? Yeah. I love Mike. I just have to say a thing. And then he looks and he's just like, hi, I know the answer to this. He was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's this like, one. <laughs> he's like, uh, I mean, he he's kind of like the EMH fact checker. He's amazing. You know what I mean? Like he's the emergency hologram fact checker. He is the emergency um, gaming hologram fact checker. That is in fact who he yep. is. I'm going to make him a t-shirt that um, says that. That'd be so great. Um, so, all right. So that's Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm excited. It's coming out this fall. Um, I, I mean, I'm I'm playing this. <laughs> oh, I'm 100 percent playing this game. It's like my big. It's it for me. It's like one of my big fall games. I'm really excited about that. Um, so the last couple things to wrap them up. Um, you watched the Tribeca Film Festival. What was what was Tribeca the, the Film game Festival? Immersive is normally immersive. what it's called when you go to the event in person. So they just called it Tribeca Film Fest for games or something like that. But it's normally the immersive yeah. stuff. They normally are very focused on experimental XR games. So AR, VR, whatever. They just they're very focused on those kinds of games because they merge the film sensibilities of Tribeca Film Festival with the next generation of storytelling, which is games and interactivity. So I've played some really bonkers VR games and bonkers VR experiences as a result of going to Tribeca Immersive. But what they did this year is they streamed it. And you could actually book time with each of the games on Parsec so that you could play them via Parsec if you wanted to play some of the game demos. Now... Which is fascinating technology. It is absolutely fascinating technology, and I love it. But this is the first time that they've actually really put an effort into bringing more than just New York press or around, you know, the the tri-state area. So when I watched it, the the really big focus was on that intersection of video games and film. In fact, one of them that really stood out for me outside of Kena, because Kena Bridge of Spirits was there. The other one was uh, Harold Halibut. Now, Harold Halibut is this very experimental um, narrative adventure, and it is told through the lens of this man named Harold. 
And Harold has to go around and, you know, interact with people, have conversations and is on this adventure. But the most interesting thing about this game is how it was made. This is a game that was made using stop motion animation to begin with. So they created these models and then they filmed them and then they rigged them in a development engine. And then that's where that's where the game came from. That's why the game looks as singular as it does, because it was handmade originally shot handmade and then it was remodeled and textured so it's interactive so there was that there was cana bridge of spirits there was annapurna interactives 12 minutes which is not family friendly because it's a murder mystery and a time loop game and there i think there were a couple of other games that were also not super family friendly but but harold halibut and cana both being there was really really interesting to me because tribeca is clearly not just focusing on video games as a as an extension of film but as a as something that takes those sensibilities and does something different sure that's i mean it's one of those like I'm gonna have to watch it next year, or you know, maybe hopefully they'll continue. To stream I hope it. so. Um, even though, or maybe stream part of it, even though I'm sure next year they'll probably be moving in the direction of a live event. Um, so I think most places there were are there were people that did go into the city down to Tribeca to you know do the film portion of things. I don't know if they were doing the game stuff live because that's more interactive. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, it's easy. I will. It's absolutely easier to get people into a shared space to watch a movie safely with COVID restrictions than to play yeah, a game. Absolutely, because to play a game, you both have to touch the same stuff. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like you have to. You know, everybody has to touch the same controller, and it's hard to deal with that. But a movie theater, everybody can wear a mask and sit ten seats apart or whatever. And you know, it's much uh, that I totally respect. Like from a film festival perspective, it's just logistically easier to do that. Um whether they wanted to or not, I mean who knows. But um I can respect that. I mean and so hopefully they continue to do I hope a lot of these shows continue to do more streams. Agreed. Even if the stream is only part of the magic. It should be a hybrid know, approach. Keep, it's more inclusive that yeah. way. And honestly it gets the message out a lot better. And Instead of it just relying on, you know, the handful of journalists that are actually able to go. Exactly. No, absolutely. Uh, you know, E3 normally relies on journalists to go see the stuff and then talk about it to be able to next year have the journalists go play it and then talk about it. And then they show it off to the public in general makes perfect. I mean, it just means everybody gets a treehouse live. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, so hopefully more places do Speaking that. Speaking of treehouse, though, one thing that we haven't talked about yet is we didn't talk about Nintendo. Yeah, there's a reason for that. Okay. That sounds good. Can um, we talk about no, how I mean, excited I am come... about Advance Wars then? Because I never got to play them, and now I get to play them, and they're really cute. That's all I wanted to say about Nintendo. Um, no, well, let's let I, the the biggest reason is I kind of wanted to give Nintendo its own little, you know, its own little <gasps> thing. But n- here's what what really happened. But what happened with Nintendo is none of the things that they did were my favorite. That's fair. Um, and it really comes down to they were like right in there with like there are some people where this was like their favorite E3 moment because they got a new Metroid or a new Monkey Ball or a new like For sure. there were some people like I, I you know follow a bunch of games journalists on and like Justin Davis from IGN like basically died like in the middle of that he was dead he was dead they're like oh new Monkey Ball new Advance Wars remakes the Advance Wars thing was, was, canceled. was awesome because I again I missed them on the Game Boy because I didn't own one yeah 
exactly. No, there's a lot of people that miss those. My, uh, I, I, that is another game that I am a hundred percent going to get and I'm going to play. Um, I really dug the, the trailer didn't do it justice within the confines of the actual thing. Uh, because if you watch the, um, the Treehouse Live segment, which I did, um, it really did. It looked very toyetic. Like it was kind of inspired by uh, the Legend of Zelda remake. That's so cool. Um, the Link's yeah, Awakening. Link's Awakening. So That's so awesome. It was, I mean, not exactly the same, but cl- clearly inspired. Sure. Clearly, hey, this worked. Can we do this thing? Because they look like little toys on a little train table. Um, I'm very excited. Which is perfect for Advance Wars. I don't want to talk about anything um, else with Nintendo. I just wanted to say Advance Wars, and that's it. We're going to do Nintendo um, next Awesome. uh, Because I think Nintendo nailed it. We'll talk about that, and we'll talk about... Because trust me, I want to talk about Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Okay. Two. A sequel to to Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, Yes, I pray just alongside you that they don't have weapon degradation, just so more of my friends will actually play it. It's true. That's it. That's all I got. It's true. That would make Um, me play it. All right. So to wrap up, our takeaway, and both of us have said this to each other like in roundabout ways, is man, AAA needs to figure out a way to make more family-friendly titles because it was headshot central. It was almost everywhere. All over the place. Almost everywhere. And even now, if it wasn't headshot central, it was like mature games everywhere. Games that we can't mm-hmm. play with our kids. Like we can't play Rainbow Six with our kids. Nope. We can play with no. we can play that game with each other, but we can't play it with our children. And the pretty much the only things that we saw out of Ubisoft was Rocksmith, which looks cool as heck, but I'm currently not looking to learn how to play the guitar. Riders Republic, yeah. which looks uh, yeah. awesome. I had a good score screeching moment over Riders Republic. But not a triple A game. That's like a games of service, like Battle Royale. Like that's like for me, that's a Fortnite competitor for me. Like in But in head. like but in the sports category, which I think is but really in a, cool. But in a sports category, which is its own yeah. thing. I think that's games that game um is going to do Oh, it's well. going to do I'm very well. Absolutely. I'm I'm definitely and picking it up. Assuming they stick the landing. Uh, uh, that's uh. a little bit of a that's a little bit of a skiing. I like it. That was um, really good. I'm gonna give that one a ten. But I'm, but I, oh, that's well done, well done. And I just have, I'm with you. those are I the. Mean, that's it. Like that's all Ubisoft yeah. had. Yeah, and and that trend continued across most of it. Everybody had a little right. bit, right? But it was Nintendo but, that really brought it home, and the indies. Yeah, and the indies. It's. It, I think. I think Sony not being there because they did hurt. their state of play yeah. earlier. Because they did their state of play, and I know there's rumors they're going to do something later. But Sony not being there hurt because I mean we would have seen Horizon. EA wasn't there either in that space. EA wasn't there, which means there were no sports. No, but we'll see Um, those in July. Yeah, we'll see those soon. And so it was the idea that the AAA space still hasn't found room for the kids. The one thing that I'm holding out hope for, because we think about this, is I'm looking at Xbox's um, slate right of companies that they own and i keep looking at the coalition who is making a perfect dark oh yes that was their that was the studio they formed in 2018 yeah so they could make quadruple a games whatever that that is but um but none of it means no it's all fake all words are made up um words are almost as made up as money um so 
I actually quietly am hopeful for that one um, from our perspective because Perfect Dark is a shooter, but it does not have – it's not like Doom, right? Like Doom has always pushed the – it's like Doom, Call of Duty, Battlefield. These games have always been, you know, about the violence. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, and the – whereas – that has not been one of the core design principles of Perfect Dark. And, you know, over the two games that they, that have been made in that franchise. And frankly, in GoldenEye, which shares some of the... It does, know, absolutely. Right? Those games came out not at the same time, but in the same cultural headspace. Exactly. And so for me, I think that if that... They could absolutely go the Halo route. Because Halo made a, a, a design decision at the, from the top down to to go, you know what? Let's make the few changes we need to make to make this a T-rated game. Um, I think it's entirely possible that the coalition could say, you know what? Let's let's make this game. Let this make this quadruple A, but let's make it T. And I think they could do it. Let's pull a and Destiny. I, let's pull a Halo. Let's do Destiny. Let's do Halo. Um, and let The Last of Us be The Last of Us, yeah. right? Like, this is what they're competing with. That's what they want to do. They want to compete with God of War. They want to compete with with The Last the Last of Us. That's what they're Which doing. is understandable given, and if this is, okay, I'm going to put my business hat on for like, just like 10 seconds. That's fine. You can do it. The reason why they're doing this is because they know that they are not currently competitive on the single player market. They have the live service market cornered. And they have, like, they do. They yeah, really do. They do. But 100%. they don't have a solid single player game experience at all to to compete with Marvel, Spider Man, right. God of War, Horizon, Forbidden West. You know, you're giving me chills. Giving any me chills. of that. They just don't have it yet. They don't. Because that wasn't their priority for the longest no. time. And they're writing the ship, and it's hard to turn a, you, a cruise ship can't do it. No. And that has been one of the things that they have been really actively working towards since they went on their M&A spree back in 2018. And it was for a good solid six months there where they were really focused on bringing new first party studios in. Because, listen, what is what is smarter than building? Buying. Yep. Um, OK, business is, hat on. Hey, listen, I'm 100 percent with you. I I agree with every word you just said um they're doing what they got to do. do i just think it makes sense i think it makes i think it makes sense from a we want to sell this to as many people as yes, possible to make audience. the hot to put the budget in to to do the avengers approach mm -hmm. we're going to put the money in make it look great make it play great make it written great everything which they're recruiting all the talent Let's just not have heads fly off. <laughs> Let's just make her shoot laser beams as opposed to bullets. And if they do that, it becomes a T-rated game, which that the T-rating doesn't hurt Horizon. It doesn't hurt Spider-Man. Um, it honestly helps because it broadens the appeal and exactly, it makes parents exactly. feel a little bit safer. Exactly. And so that's my hope. Yep. I so feel that, and I AAA love that. AAA definitely has a long way. The, the way we have it phrased in our notes says AAA has a long way to go with family-friendly titles, which is true. 
But I think that Microsoft might be carrying the torch. I think they have that possibility. And we don't know what they're all doing. It's so crazy. They, got, they have so I many mean, I studios. Double, and I want to know what Double Fine's going to do next. It'll um, be really interesting. I, Again, yeah, we didn't we didn't even talk about Psychonauts too. I mean, like that was that was which in, is imminent. It, which is coming out in August. It's imminent. close to my birthday when it's coming out. I know your so. birthday's going to be so. Wild. My birthday's going to be amazing. There's going to be Kena. There's going to be Psychonauts, and there's going to be I think there's a couple more titles that are coming out on my birthday. It's going to be oh, yeah. awesome. You're going to be busy. You're going to be busy relaxing. You're going to be busy. Um, be busy re- yeah, that's fair. So, uh, Amanda, we, we did it. We did. So, everybody, that has been one more episode of the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed recording. We will be back next week with board games with me and Linda. And boy, do we have some time to catch up. And I'll I'll have a report because uh, Target uh, had a sale and I, I bought some stuff, including um, a certain Fast and the Furious board. You will have to tell me everything about that. I just got Vivian into Very playing nice. Nemesis, which is not kid friendly because it's aliens. But who, but cares? who cares? It was fun. But who cares? Um, it's a board game. Those are generally it's, it's a different it's a different thing. Um, so we will be back next week for board games. Um, I do have a favor to ask. If you like what you saw here on twitch.tv slash engage family gaming, I would encourage you to share our channel, website, or socials at your choice, dealer's pick. Um, and share them out on your socials. Just get them out there because more reach for our stuff means more people coming back to watch it with you. And uh, we would love that. So um, until next time, you have a great night. And don't forget to get your family game on. We'll see you all soon. Bye. Bye.